Good morning. What financial questions, real answers. This is your host, Darwin Lindsay, Certified Financial Planner with Lindsay Wealth Management. Today is Friday, June 30th, 2023. If you do have a question or topic you would like to hear on the show, we would love to hear from you. 812-316-2079. You follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Send us an email, info at lindsaywealth.com. We will be more than happy to get your question or topic on the show. A uh, brief little update here, just so you do understand the mechanics of next week. Everything that I say here today is with a little bit of grain of salt, and that is because next week is the 4th of July holiday. Now, how that works for the markets, if you're really paying close attention, is the markets are open what we consider a half day from 9.30 to 1 on Monday, because that's July 3rd. Then they're completely closed Tuesday, July 4th. They will be back open Wednesday, July 5th. The reason we bring this up is, especially when you only have three and a half days of trading, there's going to be a lot of financial advisors, um, stockbrokers, whatever. They are going to be taking breaks. The volume usually is very low. Uh, so to try to get a true read on what's going on, um, probably have to wait back until the next full week. So we just sort of say, with a little bit of grain of salt, any movement that happens next week, just because it is only... Um, only open for three and a half weeks. We will be, we will still have a show next week. Um, but just so you do understand the mechanics of what is happening there on, on Monday and Tuesday. So you got a half day on Monday, closed Tuesday. We're back to back to being open on Wednesday. You can almost consider it almost a four day weekend, um, at least from a market standpoint. Um, diving right in here, let's do talk about the S and P five hundred. When we are talking about that, we're talking about SPX. You cannot uh, invest directly into the S and P five hundred. Uh, at this point in time, there has been at least the market is in a position that we have completed a daily or well, we completed the weekly high more than likely uh, back on June 16th, at least interday high, where we, we uh, seem to be trying to come off. Uh, we, we were oversold in the markets, uh, said we would probably be going back up here last Friday or getting near there, went down a little bit longer than I thought it would. Um, so as we continue, uh, to, to move forward, what you will be seeing though, is, um, we got another two or three days up is what is going to take place here, uh, with the S and P 500. So by doing that, that at least puts the markets in a position where uh, we can say that more than likely it's going to close somewhere between 43.88 and 44.02. Now, the reason we think that more than likely made a weekly high, not confirmed yet, but is that was a five-wave pattern down. Usually if it's a five-wave pattern down, then that is the start of something else. Uh, and, and not just going to be a correction. That's why we would expect it to hold in here. It, it could go all the way up to 44.22. That would sort of be the extreme. But I would be looking here in the next two or three days for it to be stopping around there and then changing direction uh, and continuing to, to move um, lower. The weekly has just moved this week out of overbought. So that would imply usually at least three to four weeks down the big number that we are looking for in all of this is i give that to you again it's 41.62 that's the number if it closes below 41.62 
and you believe in Elliott wave charting, which is what we do, then you would have to say that that is a closing overlap. So it has closed down to where one of the higher ranges was before. And if that happens according to Elliott wave, then that cannot be an impulsive wave and it would have to mean that it's a correction. So everything that's happened from October until now would be a correction. And what would end up happening is we would continue to a new extreme, which would be below the October lows. At this point in time, the, the evidence isn't there to say for sure that that's going to happen. But when you do take into account that the Dow Jones Industrial Average has already done that, uh, that would be a signal that, you know, hey, you, you probably probably is in a very good position to do this. When you look at the Russell 2000, the same thing has it has not happened there yet, but it is in a very, uh, very good position to go ahead and, and come back down. And it's like 1811 is where it is on that that you have to have to see that 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 would take place. And then you look at the Nasdaq. And, and the NASDAQ is absolutely perfect from a charting standpoint. Again, it hit the 0.618 level almost within two points. And we're talking 13,873, and it got to, I think, 13,871. Absolute ideal situation in all of these uh, to at least be in a position to where that's where the corrective high should have stopped and we should be going to new lows. So when you take all the factors in, the probability of going to new lows has increased. It hasn't been confirmed on some of these markets yet, but that is exactly what we're looking for. That's what we're trying to pay attention to. They are all in a very similar situation, which is they've all either are in the middle of corrections, completed corrections, or on the verge of corrections at this point in time. Um, and the odds of this playing out seem to be pretty good, at least from an Elliott Wave standpoint. Uh, again, the talking heads on TV, some will tell you it's going up, some will tell you it's going down. We're at least pro providing the reasons on why that is happening here, rather than just saying my gut instinct says that, uh, and everyone right now is very greedy in this market. Uh, it seems to be very overbought at this point in time. So I would just pay very close attention to that. One of the other things that we haven't talked on this show in probably about a month, I do talk about bonds and I do talk about uh, notes on the show. But the one thing that I haven't really gone through here uh, lately is the actual uh, treasuries going over some of the yields and, and where they are at this point in time. And I just think it's important to, to remember where we are okay and so let's go down through some of these the one month right now is yielding 5.11 the three months at 5.34 the six months at 5.5 .5, uh at this point in time the two year is at 4.85 and the 10 year is at 3.8 the 20s at four and the 30 years at 3.8 so we have a we still have a inverted yield curve that is taking place here. Uh, that's pretty dramatic, even that six month being at 5.5 and the two year being at 4.8. All, all these are just signals that at some point in time, more than likely, there will be a recession. Again, for those that wanna go by history, which is what I would say, doesn't mean that the past performance does not indicate future results, but they rhyme and there's a lot of reasoning to believe that at some point in time, uh, we've only ever had one so-called soft landing again, which was 1995, which most people don't even probably remember that being bad. 
they really can't illustrate soft landings. The odds of recession uh, continue to go forward uh, as we are looking at these markets. So I would just be aware that I do believe that uh, the big change is, is at least starting in progress. For most of these, it will be a wave three down, which will be um, should be pretty volatile that, that should take place here. As we do look at the, uh, we'll go over bonds here before we do go to break. Uh, as we look at the, the two-year note, um, daily should be up for another day. The weekly, we are trying to move out of overbought. So at least price-wise, they should be coming up there. Uh, when we do look at the uh, 30-year bond, the daily is overbought, should be a high either today, I say Monday, it could be Wednesday with the way this crazy markets are working. But um, And then the weekly is probably got another week or two on, on the upside there on price uh, before that does reverse. Uh, going to that volatility index and just taking a look at that, uh, at this point in time, it's still, still hanging out down there. Uh, it came up quite a bit on Wednesday. Uh, see if it can make a, makes another run. One more run lower. It, it very well could do that. Uh, and, but the week, the weekly's telling different, the weekly's a little bit mixed here, but I think if it does, it could find one more low and then that wouldn't be surprised if that really starts to kick in and go up again, if the volatility is going up, that just means, um, usually that something in the market, uh, more than likely to the downside would be taking place. So sort of lines up there with a the volatility index, which is VIX, if you're uh, paying attention to that at home. We do need to go to a short break, as always. If you do have a question or topic you would like to hear on the show, uh, we would love to hear from you. 812-316-2079. Uh, you follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Send us an email, info at lindsaywealth.com. Financial questions, real answers. We'll be right back after the short break. Welcome back to Financial Questions, Real Answers. This is your host, Darwin Lindsay, Certified Financial Planner. If you do have a question or topic you would like to hear on the show, we would love to hear from you. 812-316-2079. You follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Send us an email, info at lindsaywealth.com. Getting back to the markets here, let's talk a little bit about gold. Gold is... It's in a position where it should be near a daily and probably a weekly low. Um, the issue with gold is it's been that way for a little while now. Uh, it's actually week five of being oversold. You would think here very shortly, again, and I've, I've said this multiple times, but very good chance that this thing would go up uh, you're 1910, 1912, someplace in that range area. Good chance it goes up to 2000 and then would come back down at around 1850. That's still what we think. Then once it gets to 1850, to the moon, probably 2400 or something like that. That's the most logical thing to happen in gold. Uh, we just keep repeating it. And unfortunately, nothing's happened there. Uh, just sort of just sliding down, sliding down. Uh, and seems very apparent to me that all this would very much align with a panic in the markets on the equity side would make gold do that. So I would just still say that a daily low should be near, probably just going to get a five, 6% pop to the upside. 
uh, and then, then it will start to move down again. So that's just what we do see there. Uh, silver probably should be up for a couple of days, it looks like, uh, with the way it is. Now, I will say the weekly the weekly's mixed. Uh, hard to say. Could move down to 2176 to 2071. That would be the most logical stopping point if it stops there and then moves higher. The trick is if it doesn't stop there, then it could move quite a bit lower. So uh, usually moves with gold, but I would just be aware of that at this point in time. Uh, the dollar, dollar should be making a daily high any point in time now. The weekly, weekly should be going down for another two weeks at least is what it looks like on the dollar euro euro is actually mixed on a daily basis i can't really give you a good call on that but i would say if the dollar is going down the euro should be going up would be the most logical thing uh weekly has another two weeks to go up uh, at least on the euro that would be the stance there uh the odds still seem to me that the euro will come back down one more time and the dollar will go up before we have the low put in in the euro and the high put in the dollar and then then it takes off the other way so that's just where it is currently at this point in time uh bitcoin should be down for another day or two would be the most logical again it it, it trades every day uh trades on saturdays and sundays so it, it the the timing may be off or it could happen over the weekend that's the only thing i'll say on that just based on the way that it actually does trade uh weekly basis should be should definitely be up for another two to three weeks be the most logical thing to happen uh with bitcoin oil prices oil prices have not moved a cent uh since since april so it's right on the the same number uh, right around $69. The real trick here on the oil is this. The daily is mixed. The weekly is mixed. I don't know which way oil is going to go. We got to find a bottom here in oil at some point in time. Once the bottom has been confirmed, and right now what it would take for a confirmation would really be a close above... 72.53 is what it would take. Uh, 72.53 even. If that happens, then there's a much higher probability that a bottom is in. Until that number gets reached, you you have to sort of consider that you know uh, could could still go go to the downside. The the higher number to to really really say that it it would be complete would be a close above 83.26. So just looking at some numbers there with, with the oil, sort of surprised that gasoline, at least I believe, I can't remember if I actually checked on the way in, was $3.29 is what it was. I thought it would be up 20 cents. It may go up 20 cents this weekend, into this weekend. Just be prepared for it to go up 20 cents. Uh, holiday weekend, holiday week, whatever you want to call it. Uh, people are traveling. Travel's messed up, too. I mean, I have family that was trying to get from uh, Texas to Michigan. Their flights got canceled. Uh, they couldn't get a flight out um, today on Friday. So they're actually driving from Texas. But this just shows you how, how things are changing. Um, 
so watch for the oil to be bottoming here at least sometime shortly would be the the most logical thing to happen uh moving on to soybeans this is a continuous contract uh, like we said we had the blow off top the hysteria things have started to come back down uh, soybeans on a continuous contract should be down for another day or two the weekly weekly looks like we very close to to a top uh which wouldn't be surprised with this big run up uh we, we continue to see it go down uh and then you'd have to see if it held the 13 dollars range on the continuous contract uh corn same thing has happened corn should be getting near a daily low uh on a continuous basis the weekly weekly should be going down it's a little that's the most logical thing to happen here as i look at this charting we're going to have some things pop off that's going to maybe move it higher but it should be going down on a on a weekly basis as well now as we do look at corn on the december contract you had that big spike up it has come all the way back down uh now now you're back down in the the 530 range when i believe it did peak all the way up it got as high as 629 at least on an interday basis and the the highest close there was uh 597 so depending on what you're doing that that was a correction we should be coming back down off of this uh would be the most logical thing that that does happen uh here here for the next several weeks the daily basis there uh should be coming up uh very soon but if you look at that chart i mean it's just a straight spike up straight straight spike down um said it was probably going to be a blow off top there was just panic there i mean we did get you know, got a decent amount of rain yesterday, um, but when the crops are already starting to turn yellow in some places, it's a little, little too late. That's a whole bunch of rain that happened in a short period of time where it would have been better if it was spread out. But when you haven't had any in like three weeks, you'll take whatever you can get. So that's at least what's happening there with the, uh, with the crops at this point in time. So it sort of takes us through most of the markets there that, that, that we currently have been watching. I would just the other thing that i would would say here is today is the last day of the month so there could be some volatility that does happen here uh, as people try to rebalance and do other things the portfolio managers uh, love to do that you got next week and then the week after you are you are into earning season uh you're also the fed if there there was um there was a meeting with people from the, the UK, Japan, um, also from the US and in Europe. And basically, Powell said, you know, you can expect two, if not three rate hikes to continue on this year. The market seems to ignore this news. I would say that you really need to pay attention to that. Uh, anyone who thinks that they're going to cut or pause for a long time, uh, you got to think at this point in time that there's going to be at least a quarter quarter point hike here in July and then the next meeting is not till September so you'd have to price in September then you got October's meeting then there's not another one till December so you only have four meetings left and there's a possibility that at least half if not three-fourths of those are going to have a quarter point increase um, all this needs to be taken in consideration and it goes right into earnings season that we will have here in two weeks uh, be big on the earnings season to see what, see exactly what is happening here uh, from that standpoint as we do move on. I mean, I know that they did revise 
uh, the GDP actually up even higher, went all the way up, I think, from 1.4 to 2%, which is really wild in a, in a final revision uh, for quarter two. Uh, it will take a while, um, or, or for quarter one, I should say, I apologize. Uh, quarter two will start coming out, the, you know, it, it's going to be almost a month until we start to get the, the, the numbers for the second quarter. But those are the things that are happening here in this market that people do need to be well aware of. As always, if you do have a question or topic you would like to hear on the show, we would love to hear from you. 812-316-2079. You follow us on Facebook or Twitter, send us an email info at lindsaywealth.com financial questions real answers right back after this short break welcome back to financial questions real answers this is your host darwin lindsay certified financial planner if you do have a question or topic you would like to hear on the show we would love to hear from you 812-316-2079 you follow us on facebook or twitter send us an email info at lindsaywealth.com we talked on the show and mentioned this last week uh i think it was last week might have been two weeks ago regarding the commercial um, lending out there and how 88% of these loans are actually interest only loans. And so what's happening is, is things come due, these loans do, then they're not, you know, the, the odds of them being able to refinance or afford to be able to refinance and pay it with a higher rate. Uh, you know, they, they're in a, they don't have much principal in the building, if any. And if that's the case, uh, they, they probably—I shouldn't say that—they do because to get a commercial loan, you have to have so much down. But the actual loan itself is not contributing towards making principal payments. When people are not using the commercial properties, and you're starting to see most of these properties, it, everyone's different. But to give you an example, you're always going to see at almost any of these strip malls or something that there's a vacancy open. That's not a problem. One, one, a couple of vacancies, not a deal. Depending on everything, a lot of times it's, they like to be somewhere between 80 and 90% occupancy um, because they understand there's things coming in and things going out. But as you start shifting down and it, some of these things are 30 and 40%, trust me, those people are hurting uh, to pay the bills and to be able to do that. As you continue to see this, the, this variable rate commercial loans that we have been seeing, uh, is going to be something that uh, is really going to take into effect because now when you move it into the possibility of having three rate hikes and the Fed rate's already at 5.25, you're talking about taking it up to 6%. Uh, a lot of people that have been able to do things before um, will not be able to do that and, and refinance, and they're going to have to sell their commercial businesses is what's going to end up taking place. Uh, and whether they do that at a loss or not is going to be another story. It just depends on um, a lot of variables there. But this is definitely going to put a hurt uh, on the commercial side of things. You know, and when it's 0% interest, you can get away with some of this stuff. But some of these other things are making this uh, very difficult uh, fr from this, this situation uh, to be able to get around that. And those commercial rates, they basically had to put in the floor, I mean, because the rates were, were so low uh, that, the, you know, they, they had to make something on the loan. Uh, and commercial loans are usually variable rates. That's the way commercial loans work. I mean, you can pay it and lock it in for a certain amount of time. But even if you are, it's fixed for a certain amount of time, and, and then it's going to go to a variable rate anyway. So that's what that's the problem that you continue to see here with the commercial commercial loans. And so it's going to be harder 
for, for these businesses uh, to make that work. I mean, this is sort of why um, you've had these, um, the banks, the, the Silvergate Capital, the Silicon Valley Bank, Signature Bank, and First Republic Bank. I mean, that is why they've blown up. Uh, there's an article out there by Barron uh, that came out this week, talks about the companies. Uh, they put out an inf- uh, Freedom Information Act. I think it was Barron's. I could be wrong if it wasn't Barron's. But, and they actually forgot to uh, eradicate the document so that you could actually see who actually all the lenders were. It's out there if you want to look it up. Um, of course, one of them happened to be a Chinese bank. Um, but that's, that's just the world that we're in now. So as we continue to watch this, um, the decisions that have been made a, a few years ago to load up on these uh, long-term securities when the yields were really low, uh, it is going to continue to take a, a beating to some of these banks that are currently out there. Um, the, the way that these interest rates, the, the, everyone thought that interest rates would never rise. Here we are, we have inflation, and people think inflation is never going to rise. Again, inflation has continued to take place. And even if inflation has come down, it's fractionally. But remember, the prices of goods have not come down. And the only way to get that down is a recession. And the Fed seems pretty bent on making that happen. Um, but the way that this works is they package these commercial mortgage-backed securities together, CMBESs, and that is why these things are going to start uh, happening. These mortgages are secured by commercial buildings such as office and towers, the shopping malls, apartment buildings, all sorts of things like this are wrapped into this. And the longer this goes on and the higher these rates get as they start to all come due, I mean, there's just a lot that come due here. Uh, I can't remember. I think it's darn near $2 trillion in the next three years. Um, you're you're going to see some maneuvering that you haven't seen. And there's going to be some more things that are going to go out of business. I would just be very certain on what you're investing in if you do have uh, commercial um, mortgage-backed securities and, and those type of investments. Uh, you, you just want to understand that because a lot of these banks have doubled down on these investments and they're probably going to have to be forced to get rid of them or do something else. Uh, problem is when, when you the short-term interest rate went over five and the rates on your mortgage were seven or eight from from three, the borrower suddenly couldn't or, or wouldn't make the, make the loan payment. Uh, that that's where the problems uh, start start to really get out of hand. Um, and some of the biggest landlords in the country have already walked away from some of these. So just do keep that in mind. As always, if you do have a question or topic you would like to hear on the show, we'd love to hear from you. 812-316-2079. You follow us on Facebook or Twitter. Send us an email, info at lindsaywealth.com. This is Darwin Lindsay for Financial Questions, Real Answers. We'll see you next week.